open with a word of prayer. Almighty Lord Jesus, how amazing you are. You're the one foretold so long ago from ancient times. You came to us when we could not save ourselves. You were the sacrifice for our sins. We all sin. Yet you are gracious and merciful and faithful to forgive us. We are so thankful that you love us and your work which was complete on the cross. Holy Spirit, move in us so that we might come to the cross to ask for the forgiveness we don't deserve. Almighty Father, thank you for your perfect plan. Thank you, Lord, for your servant Paul, who wrote these words for us, that we might understand. Give us that understanding. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Good morning, Soma. Welcome, everybody. Let's all perspire for Jesus. <laughs> Thanks for coming to hear God's word this morning as Paul explains the mystery of the gospel, another piece of the puzzle. We're going to go through the rest of this chapter of Ephesians and just begin chapter 5. So we're going to run through um, 17 all the way through 5-2. Why do I have that? Four seventeen was where, yes, the new life. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. This was a very common thing. You can imagine what, what it was to grow up in that, that, to live in that world at that time. Um, Rome was in control, and the Gentiles were a very good example very visible example to the church at that time. And so it was real easy to see how the Gentiles lived and how wrong that was that appeared not just to the Jews, but to the Christians as well. And it was because of the way they flouted their behavior against God's law. If you go on to verses 18 and 19, no wonder I'm having a problem here. Give me a second. Here we go. Much better. All right. Let's go finish off this short. So 17, verse 18. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. This passage is not dissimilar to the critique from Romans. Romans 1, 22 to 23. 
Romans 1, 22 to 23. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Notice the parallels here between what Paul writes in Romans and what he's writing here to the Ephesians. Paul is describing the secular world, and indeed it could easily be the modern world he's describing here. Nothing is new about our society today. Our misbehavior towards God, our, our, the way we, we flout God's law, is very common today in our society. And looking how we fail to worship God and love our neighbors is very evident. It's the common blight of the human condition, and we are completely unable to save ourselves. So verse 19, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. If you continue on in Romans 1, Romans 1, 24 to 25, Romans 1, 24 to 25, therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies amongst themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. There's nothing new in, in our modern society that was not what, what was being done 2,000 years ago. They, they put themselves first. We still do that today. You can hear it on the news every night. And just listening to what's going on in society, it's so clear. Verses 20 and 21. But this is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. So now Paul switches, okay? Once we know the true God and his son Jesus, and we know what is truth, Paul is reminding his Ephesian readers in the church, do you remember what you learned about Jesus when you first heard the truth? the truth that is Jesus. Being taught in Christ is to know him and to know his story, to have heard and understood the gospel message. That message, that everything we can see and touch and feel, was created by God for his purposes. That the entire universe is corrupted by sin and decay and death. That the sin and corruption is the manifestation of failing to meet God's complete and perfect plan. And that there is nothing we can do to rescue ourselves. So Jesus, sitting at the right hand of God, the Son of the Most High, the Crown Prince of Peace, the Perfect Lion, and the Perfect Lamb, leaves heaven and comes to earth. And he comes to tell us the good news that God loves us. And that believing in him, the Son of God, and following Jesus inherits eternal life with God forever. This is the truth in Jesus. So verse 22, Paul says, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and corrupt through de deceitful desires. So Paul reaches the crux of the matter at hand. What is important? Paul says we are to put off our old self, to move away from our former life, our former behaviors, the way we used to live. 
and the way we were serving ourselves to move away from our old deceitful desires and corrupt thinking. And now here we get to the application. Verse, 22 and 20, uh, verse 23 and 24. To be renewed in the spirit of your minds, to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We are to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. We put on the new self. We are created in the likeness and the image of God and in true righteousness, holiness and grace and mercy and compassion. This is what we are here to do. This is why we exist. Verse 25, Paul continues. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. This passage, and actually the next two passages, reminds me very much of James. It's very practical. He's giving you very, very fundamental lessons, things that you can do, things that you can change in your behavior that are directly, have a direct bearing on what your new life would be. Paul explains again, putting away all falsehood, each one of us speaking the truth to our families, to our friends, to our neighbors, telling them about Jesus, about believing in him, and for all believers in Jesus, we are one body. We are the body of Christ. We are his church. Jesus told us he would come again someday and that we are all to be ready, awaiting his return. And on that day, we will be with him forever after in heaven, singing praise to the Most High God in the great throne room before the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we will all lift up our hands and sing with the hosts of heaven to God for all eternity. Zechariah 8.16, Zechariah 8.16, these are the things that you shall do, speak the truth to one another, render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Colossians 3.9, Colossians 3.9, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its, with its practices. And Romans 12.5, Romans 12.5, so, the, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. All of these passages, I like particularly the Zechariah one. That's almost 800 years before Paul writes this down. And yet the words could not be the same lesson more clearly. That the Old Testament and the New Testament are actually one. And this is so clear when you see it put together this way. Let's continue on. Verses 26 and 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. 
Paul tells us that if we are angry, we are not to dwell on our anger. We are not allowed, to, we are not, to not allow anger to fester and to consume our souls. We are to confront our anger and seek restitution with others. We are to show grace and mercy and forbearance with others. Because when we were yet sinners against God, Jesus died for us. And so showing the ultimate grace and mercy to each of us. And yet when we were still enemies of God, Christ died for us. We proclaim we are Christians in that we are Christ-like. And if we are like Christ, then we are to display the same characteristics of being like Christ. Psalm 37, 8. Psalm 37, 8. David is now speaking. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. James 4, 7. There's the connection to James again. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Continue on in Ephesians, verse 28. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Those who have stolen are to no longer steal anymore. Rather, they are to give an honest day's work for an honest day's wages. And we are to live simply and honestly and humbly. So if we should encounter a friend or a neighbor in help, we have the resources to help them. My wife is a huge blessing to me. I can tell you just about every single time we go shopping for groceries, she's telling me to go out the parking lot in a particular place. And sure enough, she's rummaging around in the back trying to find a bag, and there's somebody standing there every single time. And I never saw this person, right? Totally oblivious. I'd be going out the fastest way to get out of here, get away from all these people. Get out of my way, right? No, that's not my wife. She says, go down here, go out this way. The, we're handing out these blessing bags to homeless people, and somehow she knows which of them have dogs. Sometimes there's this bag of dog food that goes with the bag that goes out the window. I'm going, how did you know that? Oh, he's been here for quite a while. I just have no clue whatsoever. My wife pays attention to these things. Acts 20, 35. Acts 20, 35. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Galatians 6.10. Galatians 6.10. The Apostle Paul again. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. 1 Thessalonians 4.11. 1 Thessalonians 4.11. And to aspire to live quietly, and to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we instructed you. And Proverbs 21, 25 and 26. Proverbs 21, 25 and 26. The desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. All day long he craves and craves, but the righteous gives and does not hold back. 
Solomon is telling us the same thing that Paul is telling us. There's almost 800 years between those two, and yet you have this lesson that continues on. And this lesson still applies to us today. Verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. If we imagine people who are Christians, full of grace and mercy and love, we do not imagine this person in our mind who is callous or coarse. It's not what we are called to be. It's not who Jesus was. We think of a kind person as encouraging others, spurring them on, and we should aspire to this. Colossians 3.8 But now you must put away all anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Galatians 5.22 and 23. Galatians 5.22-23 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Think about the example that sets for people. I can remember probably about 20 of my interns at one point or another came up to me during the summer and they would ask me, are you a Christian? And it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and we'd have the conversation. And it, would turn, and, and it would turn out they're looking for a Bible study or something. And it was just a small conversation that we could have that I apparently was serving in some way to encourage them. Galatians. Oh, sorry, we did that one. Matthew 12, Jesus is criticizing the Pharisees and the scribes for their wickedness in the way they profit off of God's people. So this is out of Matthew 12, 34. Matthew 12, 34. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart of the mouth, the mouth speaks. Jesus clearly understood what the Pharisees and the scribes were doing. They were profiting off of God's people. And they were taking advantage of the poor. Verses 30 and 31. Ephesians 4, verse 30 and 31. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Destructive and mean-spirited speech will cause the Holy Spirit sadness. Notice how we describe, we ascribe this emotion to the Holy Spirit. Things don't have emotions. You wouldn't say that this shade over our heads could have emotions. The chairs you're sitting on, right? 
Those are things. We only ascribe emotions to people. Although I, I sometimes think my dog is sad when she's looking at me and it's time to eat. You know, I get that, I get that sad face. So we ascribe this emotion. We're ascribing this emotion to the Holy Spirit. When you do that, you are saying that the Holy Spirit is a person. Destructive and mean-spirited speech will cause the Holy Spirit sadness. The Holy Spirit is referred to as a person in the Old Testament as well. Let me give you a verse out of Isaiah. Isaiah 63.10. Isaiah 63.10. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore he turned to be their enemy and himself fought against them. We do not wish to cause grief to God with our behavior. Verse 32, last verse in the chapter, but not the last verse in this entire thought. Last verse in the chapter. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God and Christ forgave you. Paul extols to us kindness, gentleness, forgiving one another. This is Paul showing us the example of encouraging, uplifting speech, just as Jesus died for us while we were yet his enemy. Jesus is doing things for us even though, even before we were Christians. So now we flip over to chapter 5, 5, 1, and 2. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. He's telling us to be these imitators. Paul is giving us very practical and exemplary instruction to the Christian life. By doing these things, we emulate Jesus. If by our actions people can see the hands and feet of Jesus serving them, how great is that? That they might see Jesus through what we are doing. This is, in fact, what you should desire. And I will freely admit that's not always the first thought I should. It's the first thought I should have, but it's not always the first thought I do have, right? It makes me feel good to help people. But that shouldn't be the first thing. That shouldn't be the driving reason that I do it. It should be I do it because Jesus told me to do it. That should be the number one reason. We're all fallen people. We cannot save ourselves. And so the Father has this perfect plan to send his Son down. And it's not that the Father is telling Jesus, hey boy, it's your turn, you go. I mean, as soon as the Father comes up with this plan, Jesus knows what he's thinking. And Jesus says, Dad, send me. I'm going to go do this. I love those people. 
I want to save them. This is the perfect plan that God puts in place. And he, gave, and he came that we might have life to its fullest, abundantly overflowing. Our faith in Jesus, he is our rock. He is our salvation. And the life that we live with all its blessings is the water overflowing. This is what Jesus was telling us. And we as the church will be there on that last day when he comes down in the clouds. Not a day like today. No clouds today. How beautiful and glorious that day will be. It will be amazing. Next week is a continuation of this, this thought. Um, I'm going to be doing next week And so it, it's just a continuation of these very simple things that Paul is trying to teach us about the Christian life. And he's trying to teach the Ephesians the same thing, to put off the old self, to live the new life. Let's pray. Dear Lord, help us not to fear anything. Whatever the circumstances of our lives, do not let us fear because we have you. Give us total trust in you that whatever happens is your plan and it is your will we will follow. Give us that courage. Give us that deep peace during every life storm, every trial. Give us your solid as a rock hope in the future because we have your son. No matter what, is going on in our lives here. Equip us to serve you one day at a time until you call us home. Heavenly Father, do not let the messenger be here. Let it be that everyone should only hear your son. And we thank you and we praise you. Amen.